never know if it came out, so did a testimony. And so I don't label myself as a Christian artist or this being a Christian rock album simply because uh, my goal and my heart is to reach the lost. This opportunity is really golden. You heard one of his songs once in a lifetime off of his album and band name, My Cavernoma. I'm going to explain what Cavernoma means. That may be like, what? What's a cavernoma? Well, we're going to we're going to explain what that is and how it has to do with his health journey and, and some some really uh, wild things that Eric has been through. Welcome everybody in to the Run the Race podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, again, hope you're doing well. We appreciate you listening, choosing this. There's like just millions of podcasts out there and, and uh, appreciate you uh, choosing ours. We talk about fitness and faith. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple, and um, kind of, uh, you know, this is episode, I believe, 169. And a uh, really good friend of mine that I haven't seen in quite a while is our guest for today. And uh, just recently put out a new album. And uh, he's been a longtime youth pastor. His name is uh, Eric Bivens. And uh, we lived here in Columbus, Georgia together, uh, you know, a dozen years ago. And he has since moved on up to uh, a little higher north, uh, West Virginia, and now living in Kentucky. So I'm excited to... Uh, Hear some of the song, songs. Uh, Eric's been in uh, full-time ministry for 17 years, and for the last four years, in addition to that, he's been in part-time ministry. Uh, again, like I say, he lives in Kentucky with his uh, wife Jody, who is a uh, um, you know in ministry herself, and uh, just recently started putting out a video blog. They have uh, three boys, two that are teenagers, one that is almost 21, and uh, I know the oldest, or maybe maybe all of them are extremely tall. And uh, probably better at basketball than Eric and myself. I don't know. We'll see. We can do three on two and, and see how that they goes. Can take us. <laughs> they can take us. Okay, we'll see. We'll, we'll check that out. Um, so uh, he now works full time for a national mental health practice called Talkiatry. It's like psychiatry, but it's Talkiatry. He's a visual communications designer, and he actually has that same job helping out part-time at Owensboro Christian Church there in Kentucky. Uh, he has worked at uh, Calvary Temple Assemblies of God, Solid Rock here in the Columbus, Georgia area, and also Crossroads Church. Um, back before that, he got a psychology and Christian counseling degree at the Liberty University and got a certificate of ordination at the Kentucky School of Ministry. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to welcome Eric Bivens to the podcast. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I see your guitar there in the background. We're going to have you sing uh, some uh, another one of your songs coming up. I, I really actually just uh, listened to the whole album again, uh, My Cavernoma, and it's great. It's uh, just, uh, you know, kind of a positive rock music. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about um, ministry and, and mental health and family, and uh, maybe we'll throw in a little Kentucky and Carolina basketball in there. Um, <laughs> but um, before we talk about all that stuff, including the music, I wanted to kind of you to take us back because you're the, now is it the, your band name and album name is both My Cavernoma, is that right? It is. The The name of the album is actually Once in a Lifetime, which is the song okay. you've heard. Um, but the, the band name, when I say band name, it's not a band. It's just me. I, I wrote and recorded everything, produced it myself. Um, not to say I, I'm, you know, not friendly with other musicians. I, this is just stuff that I had had in my phone for a long time. And that's the thing about life when you get older and you have kids. I mean, we're constantly doing something with our family. Um, so I really don't have time for band practice, if that makes sense. So my, a lot of times my songwriting things that take place even to put this album together was done either late at night or early in the morning. It's not, you know, the the prime time for a band to get together. So I literally just put this together for fun because music as much of a passion as it is, it's it's a fun hobby. Some guys play golf. I write music. <laughs> and if I you yeah, and if you were to go on tour, so you'd have to run back and forth between the drums, the guitar, the singing. Hey, I, I've in, in this modern day and age, I've already planned it. If that's the case, 
you you have what they call tracks and I'm a videographer too. So it's like, I'm going to have a full out show and I'll just record myself playing other instruments in video and put them on the led wall behind me if I have to. <laughs> yeah. And the music reminds me of it's, it's like nineties, eighties rock. Um, and you know, kind of get that taste of some funk and some stone temple pilots. And uh, I told you, you know, off mic foo fighters, one of, yeah. one of my favorite bands. So that, that kind of puts you in that spirit as well. But I want to talk about your health journey and the, the cavernoma. And for those who don't know, it's, I guess, essentially a ruptured blood vessel. But these are enlarged, deformed blood vessels that they're kind of in these clusters um, and uh, kind of look bubbly or raspberries. And, and I remember, you know, you and I um, were close friends when you were here and you were our youth pastor for the church that I still go to here, Solid Rock. And I remember right, I just distinctly uh, riding around in a truck with you. And we were going to get something or do something and, and um, you know, for the youth ministry. And I remember you just you had you stopped talking like almost like you're like dry mouth and you couldn't. You were kind of giving me the the finger like, you know, like, you know, just hold on a second. And you couldn't um, you know, it's almost like you stopped talking. I guess that was having a seizure. So um, and I know since then you've had you know, half your skull cut out and tons of wires. So tell me about, you know how this the, the the evolution the origin of, of these health issues with your brain sure thing um basically whenever i was actually serving as a youth pastor in in here in kentucky and it was the very first church that i i was full-time at and i remember um having a conversation two other adults they were actually helping me out with the ministry at that time and um, while I was talking to them, man, my world just all of a sudden started spinning and I really don't know what happened. It's like I blacked out, but I didn't black out. I, I didn't fully, uh, it wasn't like a grand mal seizure, but I, I found out that it was just a temporary seizure that I had. And anyways, they started happening more often, but uh, it, it started, you know, it's like you can always see things better after the fact at the time, this was now going on 14, 15 years ago, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why I was what you know, why I was having these seizure-like symptoms, but I would basically stop talking. I would lose the ability to think like in the moment, like meaning I could see, but I couldn't like grasp my thoughts. I couldn't put words together. And oftentimes my lips, like I, I would actually stutter and I would drool all, all over myself. And sometimes every now and then my right arm would twitter. And so it's like, again, these were just weird things. And so obviously I went to see a doctor. Um, he, the doctor sent me to an MRI, actually sent me to a neurologist. The neurologist gave me the MRI and came back and said, you know, nothing's wrong with you. This could be a matter of a diet issue, could be something like blood sugar, uh, serotonin levels or different things. And so we started trying all these dietary supplements and nothing helped. And so kind of a, how it progressed is I remember coming, we moved to Columbus, Georgia. And whenever we moved there, the first thing I knew I had to do was see a doctor because the doctors here in Kentucky couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I saw a doctor there and um, he just kind of looked at the reports. He didn't actually look for the MRI that was given, but he just read the reports uh, in that were in my files and it said, you know, it sounds like to me, you have epilepsy. Well, this was kind of a strange thing to hear because I had never had the term epilepsy said to me before. And at that time, you know, I was in my, you know, late 20s and here I am getting told that I have epilepsy. And I'm like, that that doesn't even make sense to me. But um, throughout the time I was in Georgia, I started taking medicine specific for seizures, epileptic seizures. And you know, go, going back, it's like, you know, nothing was wrong. Nothing was bad. It's just, I remember one time I was filling in leading worship because we were in between worship ministers uh, at Solid Rock. And um, it was before the great Tim Zeger came along. And um, I was volunteering just to lead because we didn't have anybody to lead that morning. I remember playing guitar in front of the congregation of approximately 400 people. And I actually had a seizure while I was leading a song that people probably thought I was like, you know, crying in the Holy Spirit or something, because literally I was drooling over my guitar. But the crazy thing was, is I was, I kept rhythm of the song, even though I couldn't sing it and my world was spinning. Weird stuff. And, I, and I've since learned why, but 
whenever God opened up the door for us to go to West Virginia, and that's a whole story in of itself, but I really didn't see myself in West Virginia in the, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, oh my gosh, God is calling us to the mountain country. And turned out it was not the mountain country. When I say the hollers and the hillbillies and everything, it was not that at all. Uh, I love West Virginia, but I, I pick on my Eastern Kentucky family and my Western West Virginia family. Um, <laughs> But whenever we moved up there, it was actually in the what they call the hand mitten of West Virginia near Maryland and Virginia borders. And the first thing I did was I went to see a doctor and because I knew I needed my epileptic medicine to continue on. The doctor there actually sent me to have another MRI because it had been over 10 years. He compared my first MRI to the one that he had just given me. And it turns out there was a cavernoma, a ruptured blood vessel there the entire time. The first neurologist did not see it. And I don't know how you couldn't see it because it was the size of a dime. I mean, clearly able to be seen. I don't, I, anyways, I don't even know how that happened. But for roughly over 10 years, I lived with these seizures and all because of a ruptured blood vessel. So he sent me to a neurologist who turned out, you know, God sent us there to help out a church and we helped be a part of a growth uh, for Crossroads Church. Whenever we were there, God opened up the door to grow that church literally a hundred plus fold, like meaning by the time we got there to the time we left, we grew from roughly a hundred people a weekend to we were running 1700 people every weekend and wow. things happened within that church. And so I'm grateful for the opportunity, but as much as we were there sent to West Virginia to help a church, God knew that there was a level four neurological center, literally 30 miles away from where we moved to. And it was there that the neurologist, man, he went like, he, he was just a brilliant man. He went totally 100% on helping me. And we went through several different tests. He was the one who basically, uh, he, we approached different, like we approached the uh, National Institute of Health, John Hopkins Hospital, and all of these, you know, very well-known surgical centers wouldn't give me surgery, wouldn't do the surgery because they said the cavernoma was so close to my memory and speech that it could harm my memory and speech for the rest of my life. Meaning I may not be able to talk again. I may not be able to, I don't, may not know who I am anymore. This from the university of Duke and, you know, me being a Kentucky basketball fan and remembering that Christian Leitner shot, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a surgeon who is going to brainwash me and make me a Duke fan. If he does brain surgery on me, but it turns <laughs> out he was a great man and he knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't afraid of the surgery itself. And basically it took two different operations. I was in the hospital one time for six days with half of my skull out. He put 340 electrodes in my head just to make sure that the cavernoma was what was causing the seizures. And so I laid in a hospital bed for six days while these elect internal electrodes were all around half of my head. And he sure enough discovered that there was only two electrodes that fired exactly when I had a seizure every single time. And it was right where the cavernoma was. And so we end up close, he ended up closing me back. And then three months later, opened me back up again. He was able to remove the cavernoma basically seven years ago. This month, it was seven years that I haven't had a seizure since then. And so a lot of what happened was a testimony of both God and man's ability that God allowed man to be so smart. I'm so grateful for doctors. I'm, I'm grateful that there are people smart enough and confident and willing enough to be able to take on something like what I had to deal with, brain surgery. And so I credit both God and man because both God had a part in us getting there, finding this doctor at the same time. God knew from the beginning who this man, the surgeon and this neurologist were going to be. And just the fact that he made mankind the ability to operate stuff like this is great all around. And so long story short, I, I called this album or this is what I call the band, um, My Cavernoma, because whenever that cavernoma came out, so did a testimony. And I want to let the world know that no matter what you're facing, whether it's a health 
scare, whether it's a relational scare, whether it's that your job has changed and maybe your job is opening up in a place like West Virginia and you're like, oh my gosh, why is God calling me there? Great things can come of of it if you're simply patient, trusting in him and faithful and obedient. And I, I, again, I can only give credit to God for that because as much as I was obedient, there were times I questioned him. There were times I remember crying out to God one time. Um, there was a song, uh, I, I believe it was from Hillsong. It was about healing. And I was listening to it in my car. And I mean, honestly, I just started crying. And I, I, I yelled at God. I was like, God, I've been serving in ministry for you know, at that time going on 15 years and I've prayed for a number of people to be healed. Why aren't you he- healing me? And it was in that moment of crying. I mean, I yelled, I literally yelled at him. It was like, God almost, he didn't speak to me audibly, but it's almost like he said to me, he's like, Eric, I've just been waiting for you to let it go. Just, mm. just to quit worrying about it and just trust in me. And that was literally when it was like we found out because I'd already been told that was like I'd already been told that I couldn't do surgeries from the biggest hospitals in America because they wouldn't do it because it was too much of a risk. And so in my mind, I thought it was the end. I thought I'm just going to have to live with seizures the rest of my life and hope that nothing bad happens anymore. But it's almost like when I when I cried out to God, it was like God took that release. And honestly, I felt better. My emotions felt better. I was like, you know what? If I have to live with this the rest of my life, it's okay. I'll, I can still give God praise even in the worst of the moments. And it wasn't long after that that we found out that this hospital had hired this surgeon from Duke. And all of a sudden, this guy came in and said, yeah, I'll take on your surgery. And here we are today. So um, I, I'm grateful for the whole process, but I use my cavernoma and really rock music as a way to um, positively put hope into people who need it. Yeah. And I mean, the lesson here is that, I mean, Duke is good for something. I mean, not, not much, <laughs> but I mean, at least from the medical aspect, I mean, you know, they're, they're good for that at least because I'm as, sure. a tar, as a, as a, tar, a lifelong Tar Heel fan myself. Um, <laughs> but um, so is there, you know, whether you're going through it or even now, you know, seven years uh, seizure free. Um, and, and especially as you were going through this and like, you know, the times like with me and you in the truck or up there on your guitar and you have this seizure. Was there was there fear that like, OK, I could have an accident or I could um, I could die or maybe that's a fear that, that your wife Jody had? definitely thoughts for sure all around because you never know when, like for instance, I couldn't predict when a seizure would happen. Um, There were times I would go a week and have anywhere from 10 to 20. There would be times I would go a week and have none. And when I say that, like it was, they were consistent. Um, The good thing about medicine is that medicine can help. And so whenever I uh, found the neurologist in Virginia who he really knew how to treat the symptoms. Um, we started on two different medications, not just one, but he said, in order to fight this, we need to fight it with everything we've got. And man, I, I his you know consistency and his willing to fight for me, like that's what I loved about him because he taught me that it's okay. If, if medicine has some side effects, the goal is, is we don't want to have any side effects. We don't want to have anything that could go wrong. But at the same time, if you don't do something, you'll just continue to have these seizures. But the more, as we increase the dosage, we went into two different medications at the same time, full dosage amounts that honestly helped. And um, the, there were side effects. I ended up having to slowly gradually change medicines, but what it helped me do, it helped me, I don't say gain control, but I, it gave me a little bit of more freedom to know that, okay, I don't have to worry as much if seizures taking place because thankfully I've got two medicines who t- it totally took them away a lot, meaning I would still have a, a seizure every now and then, but it took away that consistency of having, you know, 10 to 20 in a week. So grateful for medications, grateful for the doctor who, who allowed that. And your your head is kind of the the normal shape now because I know I remember years ago seeing that picture and you sent it to me again of uh, having that surgery and um, you know the 
half your skull kind of cut out and worked on. It kind of, you had like a, your head was misshaped a little bit, right? It, it was. Um, I ended up developing it in the first surgery in the six days that I set with the, the 340 um, in, internal electrodes. I ended up having um, a hematoma that developed. The hematoma caused a massive amount of swelling and I honestly almost died. Um, it had the doctor not stopped the surgery and not stopped the whole process if you had let me and gone on for honestly another day, I, I could have been dead. Um, thankfully, the surgeon, again, he was a brilliant man. He caught it. He realized something was wrong and he immediately backed out and stopped, pulled everything out. Uh, but because of that swelling, it's like at first, whenever they put my, you know, they, they had to put everything back. So the half of my skull, it looks like a C, like the, the scar looks like a C on the side of my head. Um, but it was so swollen, I had to let the swelling go down before they could have an, a secondary surgery. Um, since then, obviously, the swelling has gone down. So since you've seen that picture, um, I, I, all I have now is I still say a deformed head. I, I tell my wife it's just because I messed up in the head. That's why <laughs> she, she'll, she'll just roll her eyes whenever I say stuff like that. But like, um, I've still got this large scar and, you know, when it comes to, I was going bald anyways. And so I was like, this is a perfect time just to shave all the hair off my head because whenever my hair started dry, you know, growing back, it started growing in funky formats because the way the, the scar and the way it kind of dips down in my head, um, it, it's not abnormal, but it's definitely not the way it used to be. Um, it's just one of those things I deal with. And so uh, I remember when I first got out of the surgery and I had, all this stuff i thought to myself i'm like i don't want people to see this but i've now grown accustomed to it it's just me it's like you know if if i want to celebrate the testimony and the good of not having seizures then i have to have the scar to show it you know it's like one if if why would i expect to be perfect in my outside you know outer physical appearance if God has already done something inward, you know, so it's like that scar and the, what I call the ugliness of my head, the scar of my head. It's just one of those things. If people ask me, I get to tell a whole story to them um, that gives praise to God. It's a reminder of you, of, of God fighting for you and you fighting to live, you know? Yeah. And so uh, sure. that's, that, that's amazing. And, and Cabernomas, I know I, I, I read up just a little bit on it. I know they can show up, you know, not only in the, um, in the brain, but, you know, spinal cord and, and the nervous system and, um, and they can also cause like leaking blood. And so, you know, um, whether people know what a cavernoma is or not, I mean, you think about leaking blood, you think of like a oh, rock music, you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, uh, my cavernoma, definitely a, an interesting name for, you know, a band and, and starting off. So, um, and you were talking earlier about, um, and I know that you've done music you know, for a lot of your life, maybe. Um, and uh, I know you put out CDs maybe a decade ago or more. Uh, Lava, which was the name of the Solid Rock Youth Ministry, briefly, um, they put out a CD. And then you had Fish Hook. I think that was the CD before that with your, your other youth uh, uh, ministries there. And so, um, you know, how is for you as a, as a Christian, as a, a pastor, I mean, and uh, how does music, uh, you know, why are you so passionate about it? Um, it goes back to whenever I was, I, I think I was 12 years old when I got my first guitar. And I remember getting it. My my parents got it for, for me from a pawn shop. It was a birthday present. And so it was obviously a used guitar. But man, I remember playing it. And, you know, I remember the very first song I ever learned on a guitar was Wild Thing. Da, 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 da. And I was so impressed that I taught myself how to play Wild Thing. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, some people are naturally born with it. Some people can be taught. It doesn't really matter how you get it. Music can just be fun to to journey in. And so um, I obviously there was something about I could play by ear. Obviously, I could teach myself. And even though I took lessons, I also learned just a lot by hearing a song and I would just teach myself how to play it. The more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And um, I remember my 
freshman year of high school, I was actually invited to be in a band with my friends and the art teacher at my art class in school had a, a screen printing press. And immediately my mind went from, oh my goodness, this is art class to, oh my goodness, I can print band t-shirts. And so I literally learned how to do design work, which is what I do full time. I learned it my freshman year from one of my favorite art teachers in school. He taught me how to design. He taught me how to screen print. And like all I did was use that for the sake of music so that <laughs> I could put together a band and print T-shirts and, you know, be that, you know, I say dream that I'd had since I was like 12 years old. And so I, I, you know, I'm still a kid at heart. I still have those types of dreams. It's not to say I completely understand that I'm older. I'm probably not going to be, you know, your uh, next whoever star on, on, you know, whatever TV show you see, but like, I still enjoy it. So like I say, it's a hobby to me. The dream is still there just to create music. So it's like, um, what I've done in the, you know, since Fishhook and Lava, and I've used music as a ministry because other people can relate to music. You know, that's the good thing about music. It's just, I even sing about it in this album, um, the song Tomato Tomato. We're, we're so much, we're similar in so many ways, all of us. We might be different in the color of skin. We might be different in our hair. We might be different in, you know, what we do for fun. But in the grand scheme of things, we all have a heart and it all beats to the same rhythm. It, so your, yours might be a little be a little bit faster. Mine might be a little bit slower. But the thing is, it's all looks like God had a rhythmic plan. And there's something about music that it, it can honestly, it can touch the heart. So you can get, for instance, you can get very emotional with music. And I've heard of, and seen people that like, as soon as a song comes on, it's like something touches them. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You can call it emotion. You can just call it God's design. But there's something about a song that can make somebody relate to something. And all of a sudden, it's like that heartbeat that is in them connects to the music you know, if God designed it that way, then why not use music? In our world today, there's a lot of people out there who don't go to church at all. Um, I know I've already seen through just one month since this album is released, my core audience is the ages of 30 to 55 male. The one thing that I, I try to do is reach them in a way that maybe they've never heard it before. And so if that means the non-Christian, then I want to reach the non-Christian audience to let them know that there's hope, that there's joy, that they can overcome any situation. And so I don't label myself as a Christian artist or this being a Christian rock album, simply because uh, my goal and my heart is to reach the lost, um, to reach those who don't already know the story. But then again, if I reach a Christian too, great. If there's somebody out there who needs hope or needs inspiration, I will surely put that you know aside, meaning myself aside, and I will love them and reach out to them the same way. Not labeling it, you know, Christian music, but it has those messages and stuff. And so, um, and I, you know, I know you hear the term, you know, preaching to the choir. So, I mean, you know, like the, you know, and and for those who don't know what that means, and the choir already knows about God. So, right. preaching to them, you know, is is uplifting, but it maybe you're not trying to reach them so that they hear about or know about God. Yeah, I, I I didn't label it Christian specifically because I did not, my, my goal wasn't to reach the Christian audience who already knows Christ. Um, if I do, that's great. If somebody needs hope, great. It, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, but really my, my goal was like Jesus, Jesus walked among the sinners. Um, and I wanted to not label it as Christian because sometimes the Christian music uh, market, you know, gets kind of pushed aside because, oh, that's that's not for me. That's that's their own thing. Um, I just wanted to be straight up music. And when I say straight up music, meaning anybody can hear it and listen to it without a label attached to it, um, because my goal is to reach the hurting and the lost and the people who just need hope and again, need that positive touch. Yeah. Have you gotten uh, good feedback, whether it be from you know, Christian friends or from people, strangers in a far off land? Because I know you've, 
you've uh, reached like I think you I think recently you posted a video about 49 countries and a, and a bunch of different streams. 49 states, eight countries so far. Oh, eight countries. Yeah, and and so and those are you know legitimate like meaning I've had some people actually respond. I see the what's coming in through Spotify and, and Apple Music. Um, I, I've when I say reached out, like I, I worked through a um, a company that basically helps you get into playlists and um, some of the playlist uh, promoters basically responded back to me with, I mean, some of them were straight up honest and I, I expected that. I didn't expect anything, you know, less, but um, there were some who were like, we love the music. We love the story. We're, we're going to sh share it in our playlist. I had one from Spain who put it into a, one of his playlist collections. And so it's like, you hear those types of things and, you know, it just, it's kind of funny because they're not speaking the same language, literally, you know, if it's somebody from Spain or Portugal or Germany or wherever it might be. But again, there's something about the music that connects. There's something about the same rhythm. And so uh, it's just cool to see how it connects with different people in different ways. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to. I know we heard earlier in this episode uh, the uh, the name of the album, the song, um, Once in a Lifetime, and uh, some great songs, you know, in terms of rock. I want to I want to hear you if you can play uh, acoustically one of your songs. Uh, I think uh, it's one of the last songs on the album, I believe. Yes, it's a song called Hello. And when I wrote this, I, I was literally outside of my porch swing and just thinking of past memories and like it, just the words started coming to me and I started typing on down on my phone as I did, because the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, if we could go back to yesteryear, you know, wouldn't it be awesome? You know, wouldn't it be awesome to go back to when my kids were babies and like, remember those days. It's, that's the issue that I have with, you know, even though the cavernoma came out because it was so close to my memory and speech, um, I don't have a lot of my memories from the past, like meaning that there are some things I remember, but a lot of it that I don't. I, and that's the unfortunate thing about where they had to do the surgery to remove it. I don't know if it lost a connection or somehow the, the, the cable got untied, you know, when it comes to my memories. But if I could go back and just say hello, just one time, like, Lord, if I could go back and just remember that moment one time, that's what the song is all about. And uh, you'll hear at the end, I, I had a, a d dear cousin who was older than me whenever we grew up. He was kind of the the my best friend as a cousin, but he watched out for me. He played with me and uh, he ended up in his 20s losing his life uh, to multiple sclerosis. And it's like, man, if I could go back one day and just say, what's up, Jimmy? Like, man, if I could say hello to him one more time, it's like the, the dream that every parent or family member who's lost a loved one wishes. And so you'll hear that. But this song is called Hello. It's all about the memories of the past, the goods and the bads, and just going back and remembering what got you here. All right. Let her rip. Hello to the memories. Hello to the past. Hello to every moment that I forgot so fast. Hello to the laughter. Hello to the smiles. Hello to the hugs that caught me by surprise. I never want to let the good times go. No, no. So in my mind, I go back and say hello. Awesome, awesome. Now, the, 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 because the reception and over Zoom, it doesn't sound like, you know, if you were to see Eric and my Cavernoma in concert, but I, I'm going to play a little bit of the, that song off of, uh, off of the album as well. Hello to beginnings. Hello to the fun. Hello to the obstacles we had to overcome. Hello to the prayers, hello to the fears, hello to the ups and downs that got us here. I never want to let the good times go, no, 
to the memories Hello my old friends Hello cousin Jimmy I can't wait till we can play again So that that's awesome uh, Eric great job with that and, you know and the name um you know I, I don't know if you've heard this before maybe not cuz my, my mind works differently but my cavernoma I think about my Sharona <laughs> My Capernoma. So, uh, yeah, but it's uh, great music. Uh, I really enjoy it. And uh, like you said, it's it's really kind of um, and, and I know, uh, you know, Guilty Animal is one of the songs I was telling you that I really liked. It's kind of got that Foo Fighters sound. And like you said, one of the most popular songs. And, and you've got another one because um, I know this is a big um, theme of yours is it's called um, It's Material. And uh, it's it's I think the end of that song, you say um, it's just material, not your soul. Yeah. And uh, because we all we're all about keeping up with the Joneses sometimes, you know, like um, getting the, the best phone or TV or car or job or whatever else. But um, but, you know, I mean, this life is temporary. We're here for however long, you know, 60 yeah. to 90 years or something. And then and we're gone. So, I mean, that that's an important lesson as well. Yeah, for sure. And like the, both songs, um, again, kind of speaking to the audiences, whoever's listening, uh, the, the guilty animal, it's a song, it's it's talking about this guilty animal that you hold on to. And what is that guilty animal? As, as sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes it's the things, the secrets that you're not telling somebody. And it's almost like it becomes, even though it started off as like a pet, it becomes this thing that holds you down. Like meaning you can't, it's almost like you can't let go of it. You can't get out and let people know that this guilty animal you're holding on to it. So instead of getting out, you like, you're, you're so hold held on to it that you can't overcome the issue that you're trying to actually overcome. And that song is all about letting go of the guilt, because if you can let it go of the guilt, how much easier can it be to overcome the thing that's truly holding you back. Like meaning if it's an addiction, sometimes talking about the addiction to somebody is the only way to get through it. And so you have to let go of the guilt in order to talk about the issue. Um, the same way as material, it's, it, you know, so many times we're living life for the outside, just like you said, the material things, but in the end, it, it, I think anybody would say this. Uh, there, there was a quote I heard recently from uh, Bob Marley, on, evidently on his deathbed, he was saying money couldn't buy me what I truly dream. And like the same could be said from so many other people that, you know, when it comes to the end of life, did all those material possessions really get you far? Because you're not going to bring them with you into eternity, you know? So at the end, it's not material, it's, it's your soul. And so what is it about your soul that you're truly, you know, making it material, meaning your, your, your soul should be the thing that you're, totally going after meaning the going after god with your whole heart yeah and we i mean we all you know need to work and earn a living to support our families but you know it's it's that old saying like that on your tombstone uh, you know you'll, you 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 don't want it to read you know i wish i spent more time at the office you know <laughs> it's, it's spending time with god spending time with your family those are the moments that that count that's that's what really matters and you were talking about you know, folks talking about addiction and, and 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 just opening up and just being genuine because we all have messy lives. We, you know, and, and sometimes we try to put on this thing, of, oh, everything is going great. You know, and when somebody asks you at church or at work, like, how's it going? You say, oh, it's fine. Kind of the standard answer. But, you know, a lot of times there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that people don't know about. And uh, you, for the last several years, I've worked for this uh, talkiatry and I know that you, you know, were telling me how you, you got your degree and you wanted to be potentially a, a psychiatrist, psychologist. And, and you talked about Christian counseling, but you went the direction of full time ministry. So um, tell me about the importance, because, I mean, we we know that mental health um, has been a huge issue for a long time. But COVID seems to have just brought it to the forefront and maybe made things worse as well. So what have you seen from, a, you know, from a, somebody who works in that field and also from a ministry perspective, how we're, how we're doing with this mental health issues? 
I, you know, as a nation, we're struggling with it. Um, we're seeing that in our children. We're seeing that, honestly, as the generations continue to get older. It's not to say that mental health is a new thing. It's been around since the fall of man, uh, meaning like uh, struggling with mental health. There's been all kinds of issues since the beginning of time, ever since uh, sin struck this world. You know, if you if you consider COVID or if you consider the flu or if you Consider anything that causes harm to your physical body, meaning something that is real. Obviously, we know that if, if you break your arm, it hurts. If if our physical body can be hurt, you have to consider then the mind can also have some problems and some things that need to be fixed. Um, it's not anybody's fault. And I think that's the biggest fear is that if I come out and admit that something is wrong with me mentally, I might look bad. I might, people might think that I'm using the word crazy. And I, I, I honestly, I've learned in my older adult life that crazy is not the word to use whenever you're talking about a situation involving somebody's life, because nobody is crazy. Um, we're all, honestly, we all deal with mental issues. And when I say that, meaning whether it's emotional things that we hold dear, whether it's things from the past, um, there are so many different conditions uh, that I've learned about throughout my years that Honestly, I think some people have had for a long time, but they're just too afraid to admit it or they're too afraid to seek help. Um, the thing about it is if somebody is struggling with something emotionally and it's continual, then maybe it's not because the world is bad. Maybe it's not because your situations are, are bad and it's just causing. Maybe it's something internal that a doctor could help. Um, just like I've had to have brain surgery to remove a physical ailment. There are doctors called psychiatrists who can actually help you to understand what may be causing those emotions. And thankfully, there are medicines out there to help you know, bring those emotions down to a normal, when I say normal, and under like a, a relatable sense, like meaning I can feel like something good is happening again. And that's what I, I, I think what opened the door for me to come on to psychiatry. I, I am not a psychiatrist, but I love supporting them because I totally believe in doctors. I totally believe that doctors can help heal just like God can help heal. And um, the way God kind of opened this door, I get to use design and visual communications to help the world know that psychiatry isn't something to be scared of. It's something that can you can relate to. And if you just, again, if you like the guilty animal, if you just let go and seek the help and talk to somebody about it, you can get mental health help that you need. And ultimately, I, I wish a lot more people would know that, you know, because it's out there. We, there's, we definitely know that there are conditions that people are dealing with that medicine can help treat now. And it's like, don't be afraid of the medicine. Don't be afraid of what people might think of you for taking the medicine. Simply get better because if you are better, how much better will the world be because of your joy? Yeah, that's, that's well said. And, and, you know, and a lot of times, you know, you, you know, we, we hear about the fact that, you know, find, you know, God gives all of us gifts yeah. and, you know, how do you use those gifts or are you using those gifts? And, and, find things you're passionate about that you're, that, that you're you know, good at and, you know, kind of pour your energy into that, that, that and, and that will help you maybe to, to deal with some of those you know, issues uh, that are potentially very heavy. I know for you, you know, you obviously music's been a passion of yours and, and you talk about after kind of having that brain surgery and the cavernoma r removed that um, you wanted to kind of pour those emotions out and, you know, you, are able to do that in, in some form, at least through songwriting and uh, putting those words out there, things you went through and things you want to express and maybe so that they're not like hidden and they don't come out like as anger or something like that. Is that for you, is that important to, to kind of tell people that, Hey, this is what I went through and this is how I dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, everything that I've written on, I didn't make up like meaning it's not a story that was told about something um, that that's something with songwriting. You can make up a story and sing it and everybody thinks it's yours. And I want to be legitimate and honest and I, I, I want to be myself. And so even the songwriting itself um, is genuine to the point of, hey, 
I want to help you overcome. That's truly my heart. And I think you'll always hear that in the songs that I've written um, is that my goal isn't just to perform for you. My goal is to literally help you um, in a way that maybe, again, only music could, um, because you may not listen to me preach a message, but you might listen to a song because the song is good. And that song relates to you in a way that maybe my message couldn't, but yet my message is through the music. And so for me, I, I, I always will be real and honest in my, my songwriting just because I, my heart is to help people. Yeah. Well, I, I listen, I, I loved your preaching. I know I'm, I'm not sure. Do, do you miss it? Do you miss uh, getting up there and doing sermons for youth or for, or for big church or, you know, I've, there are some times I do, but like when it comes down to it, it's like, as long as there is a pastor there, I'm not the one saying that I need to be on stage too, if that makes sense. Like I am humble enough to say somebody else can do it and they get the heart for it. Then by all means, let them do it. And I will gladly serve alongside them. Um, there's obviously times when, cause I read my Bible every single day and it's like, there's times when, you know, it's, it's cool that just this past week I posted, I, I read through the Bible. I just now finished this past week and I'm starting all over again. I've done this multiple times. It's like every single time I read the Bible, it's like God relates something different to me. He, he, he puts it in a new way or in a new thought. And like, there are those times when I'm like, man, if I had known this 10 years ago, I could have spoken on it. But it's like, you know, maybe God has a new season ahead that maybe one day I'll be speaking again that message. But for now, it's not my it's not to say that God has opened the door. He hasn't yet. And I'm just I'm going to use what I can right now to speak the message in the way that he's given me to speak it. So maybe one day I'll be preaching again. But in the meantime, I'll let somebody else do it and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to like uh, find out more about you or listen to your music or buy the album or listen to it or, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do now streaming, but where can they find what's the best avenues? Um, you you can look at any major streaming platform. You can go to the website, mycavernoma.com, which is M-Y-C-A-V-E-R, uh, yeah, N O M A. Make sure I'm spelling it right. That's right. <laughs> um, and you can actually see all this the Spotify, YouTube, basically um, App, Apple Music, Amazon, all of the links are there too. So just simply search it online. You'll find it. Whether you Google search it, you'll find it on any of the major platforms. Yeah. And more importantly, your better half, Jody Bivens, uh, has been doing a blog for quite a while and now is doing video stuff. So if they want to um, listen to her and, uh, the, uh, the the Kentucky accent, uh, Jody uh, uh, preaching the word. Where can they do that? <laughs> uh, if if they just search Jody Bivens, which is J O D I E Bivens, um, they will find her on TikTok. Um, she's also on social media too. But she has a website called Free and Fancy. And if you went to freeandfancy.com, um, you can actually read all kinds of blogs that she's been writing over the past three years. And this is her, it's like if my audience is for men of their 30s to 50s, which is primarily me, um, her audience is definitely to women. She relates to moms. She relates to just Christianity growing up, um, not being a Christian and how she became a Christian in her 20s. Um, and man, her story is, again, it's it's cool how God put us together, but it's like we're, we're doing ministry together, even though we might do different platforms or different ways of doing it. I support her and her blogs and her devotionals. She supports me and my music. And we together, we're reaching a lot of people just, again, because our hearts are to help people. Yeah. If, if you need a hug, J Jody's your woman, right? She is. I mean, I'm telling you, she <laughs> she is the hugger. People already know that. Those who know her, um, she will hug anybody. It's, it, it, what's really cool is like, whenever you hear the stories, like there have been people who have just came up to me and said, man... I remember when your wife came up and just gave us a hug. We didn't even know who she was. And this was like her hug just opened the door to let them know that she loved them. And that's my wife. That is Jody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope more and more people uh, listen to my Cavernoma. Um, it's, it's great music. It's, you know, it's, 
different than maybe a lot of some of the other kind of uh, darker rock that's out there. And so, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, while you're out uh, working out or doing some chores or whatever else, plug it in. It's about a, I think it's about a 40 minute album, um, 10 songs. So it's, it's great to listen to anytime. So, uh, and Eric, if you don't mind, if you can close us out in prayer for this podcast, that'd be great. Thing. I'd be glad to. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, what a grateful opportunity it is to simply communicate with one another. Thankful for the technology, such as the podcast, such as uh, the, the internet that we have, Lord, so that we can be in two different states, um, long distances, but yet we can still reach a large audience. And Lord, I thank you for Jason and all that he's doing, Lord, to simply lead by example, Lord, not only um, in this podcast and the things that he's sharing, but um, leading in the fact that he's communicating what has gone on in his life and how he's overcome great things, how he's been a great husband and a great father. And Lord, I pray that you will just continue to pour your anointing and your blessing upon him in this podcast and all the people who make this podcast happen, the, the people behind the scenes and the station um, workers who are a, a, a part of this too. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunities that you have for us. And Lord, we pray for great things to come more than our success. We pray that your will be done in the hearts and lives of those who listen. We pray if there's somebody who needs to just overcome whatever issue they're dealing with, Lord, may the encouragement be found here. And Lord, may it lead to you. Lord, I pray for great outcomes. If somebody needs healing, Lord, I pray that somebody who may be even listening right now who just is lacking that faith or lacking that hope can just simply put their trust in you and say, Lord, I give this issue unto you, and I trust that you are walking with me. And Lord, I pray for healing, whether it be supernatural healing or whether it be through the help of a doctor or with the help of a therapist or a counselor or a psychiatrist, or maybe it just be through the encouragement of Jason. Lord, I pray for great things to come with this podcast and with those who listen. Lord, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and thankful to God for, for your healing and you being able to kind of, you know, six, seven years later, being able to tell your story and to be able to through music and uh, through podcasts, or whatever else. And, and uh, just blessings on you and your and Jody and your boys. And so uh, your oldest is, is off to college, uh, sophomore, junior year, right? He's going into his junior year at the University of Louisville. Gotcha. Oh, it's a competition with your uh, your boy, your Kentucky Wildcat. Are you still playing basketball? We talk a little bit about fitness on this podcast. Are you? you know, he, he's, he's actually played basketball for a, a intramural team there and done well. But it's funny, he ended up being 6'4", and obviously by wow. the time he could – master the basketball with his heights he can definitely dominate me now uh because he's much taller than me and at the same time he is very good at basketball he too plays guitar uh, ian does um and he's actually written some songs himself so it's like i get to be a, a, a example to him to say hey go after your heart and do whatever it is that you want to do um isaiah my middle son is wanting to go to the university of kentucky so yes there will be a definite rivalry there if he chooses <laughs> to go there um but regardless it's fun basketball and sports will always be something that i do for fun too just because it's a way to connect with my children my youngest son is um he's actually a very good tennis player and he's gotten to the point he's only a freshman in high school and he can now beat me in tennis i i claim that i'm just old that's the reason why he can beat me but <laughs> he's legitimately gotten good in the past year and so it's fun using sports just like music it's fun whether no matter what your hobby is have fun with it and let your family and your friends be a part of it too because um, I've had some good connections with my sons whether it be playing basketball or playing tennis or now playing guitar with my oldest son it's fun stuff to do a brand new door to what I always wanted yeah don't don't underestimate the power of you know our old wisdom you know we may, we may not be as tall <laughs> <laughs> but we're crafty and we can like we can punch when the referee's not looking you know so those indeed kind of indeed i i, I got a little <laughs> bit more you know body weight so i can bump him around a little bit easier that's right well eric thank you so much it's a man it's great to catching up with you um I, I love the beard and the full goatee and stuff so uh but uh i hope more people listen to your music and uh we'll uh we'll stay in touch sounds great thanks jason for having me I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be.